Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am the Punch King Super Rookie Jacob, joined by my co-host, the cannon-haired super veteran, Justin. Yo, yo, what's up, guys? Today, we are finishing discussing Dress Rosha, which starts at Chapter 700 and ends at 801, but well, we were supposed to be discussing mainly after 758, but as Jacob's about to tell you, we kind of messed everything up last week, and I'm sure some it's of you knew that. It's fine. <laughs> we met, yeah, so it is my fault. It is, it's our, I'm apologized by that. But the clip? I'm, I'm not going to look for the clip. You guys know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the, at the very beginning of the episode, we did mention that we are going to cut around, but we're going to try to contain it. Um, unfortunately, for my faulty memory, I really did think that Frankie versus Senior Pink, as well as the Rebecca and Kiro's fight, I thought those were resolved in the first part, but they actually resolved like 20 chapters into the second part, like 770s. So I definitely screwed up on that part. That's my apology. Um, but like I said, if you're without all the, there is a bunch of action, like the whole middle section, yeah. most of the arc is just fights. So it, it would have been kind of hard to talk about any of those when you're only talking about the first half. So, uh, yeah, I kind of stand by the decision as well. Yeah. And that was also another thing, too, where even if I was thinking, too, where I'm like, okay, I don't remember if they resolve in the first half or not. But at the same time, I was thinking that because, you know, we were talking about time constraints. We were worried about the second half being too at heavy. So time, we went, who cares? <laughs> yeah. At the end of time. Yeah. At the end of the day, who cares? But either way, we are finally going to talk about part two. Because we're going to talk about that, that good shit. The We're going to talk about our boy shit. Corazon. It gets spicy. <laughs> it gets a flashbacks, spi- baby. We got, get- we got A plus flashback. A plus flashbacks. A plus action choreography as well. Eh, probably not talk about that as much, but we have to give some honorable mentions. It, 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 yeah, the action's awesome. The fight is really fun. Oh, absolutely. Especially Luffy and Law when they team up, which we, I think, briefly mentioned last week. It was great. Uh, yeah, so... I think I did this on Twitter, but I don't think I did it on air. But yeah, but like the first time they actually openly engage each other, like on top of the castle, you get like the, that Law and Luffy tag team combo where Luffy's charging at Law to make it look like it's a fake out where they're about to attack one another, like in disagreement. And then he just swaps himself with uh, with Doflamingo and he gets that great Red Hawk gut punch right into him. At the great, same time, Law is just looking up from, you know, where Doflamingo was at in the chair, just smirking, and then he just cuts up uh, Trouble. <laughs> just like, oh, that felt so great. It was like a combination yeah. of, like, clever use of powers, tag team combo. It was just so satisfying. But obviously, it's audio format in this podcast. We can't really go too much. The first, po- I the first to bring combo that, that we've seen in the whole series between two D, D clan members. <laughs> Oh, but we're not there yet. But yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> it's, in, it's, it's in the flashback as well, which mm-hmm. which is the the meat of this really that we have left to discuss. I feel. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, laws of D. That was crazy. Absolutely. Um, that's the funny thing too is at first I didn't think it was gonna be that big of a deal when he just dropped the name. I was just thinking, oh, okay, we got another D, kind of like another Jaguar D Saul kind of thing. Where I'm like, yeah, very important character, but I don't think it was gonna be that important. But then the flashback ends up going. No, it's all about that. <laughs> it's, it's all about that. And it's, I think this is the first time we get a story that revolves around someone with a D in their name and someone reacting to it, right? I think this is the first time, right? Because usually it's, like I yeah, said... Yeah, like, it really is, I, like, the first storyline that has has the fact that he is a D, like, as a part of the story, right? Yeah, it's, it's a critical plot point. The story itself, yeah. It changes the motivations of someone like Corazon, 
who was originally just a government spy trying to keep keep an eye on his own brother, Doflamingo, but instead um, overhears, right? Because he pretends like he's like this mute, clumsy officer of the of the game. Well, he doesn't he doesn't pretend to be clumsy. That part's real. That's true. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's true. He actually even I actually remember he tries to sell that. Yeah, that clumsy part. I yeah, mean, it's all part I, of the I, I remember like that one is definitely real because. You that's know, how he that's how spoilers that's literally why he dies which that's why it hurts so much it's like mm-hmm. this trait that he's built up with and you're it's kind of funny and charming and you start to really like him as this flashback goes on and then he like actually bites the dust in the end because of that quirk it really really fucking hurts yeah, absolutely it does um i want to say too that this was also like the first time too think in a while where we actually see like someone who is actively deep in the government kind of thing like the world government the guys who are where we see as the antagonist most of the time but he's actually doing everything he can to help someone who like is a little shitbird someone who like the government would be like honestly just let him die with the rest of the people right because right. that's another thing that i really wanted to get into was it's only i think well the section i'm thinking of is eight pages but it's a i think one chapter where i think it's yeah, where Bloodborne the Hedgehog is talking about Gladius. He's talking about um, Law's backstory about what's the name of the island? Uh, Flevins, Flevins, the White Flevins. Town. Yeah. Well, as it's now known. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It was called White Town, right? I thought that was a kind of a strange name, but it is called the well, White I, Town. I think that's what it's called in retrospect, right? Flevins, like he's from Flevins, the White Town. You know, I, I think it was probably just like Flevins before. Okay, I was wondering because... That's my impression um, anyways, you know? I was wondering because I did hear another name. I heard Ambertown, but that would be completely different from, like... Because they were hyper-focusing on that was the appealing charm of the the lead they were, they were mining, right? It was the color. It was, like, the... It gave, like, the silver-like approach that I was imagining in my head. So when I saw that it was also called Amber in another translation, I'm like, that doesn't seem right. That seems kind of weird. Right. But, that's why I wanted to clarify with you if that's what you thought it was. But anyway, that's not important. What's important is Oda just continually drilling into our brains. The world government is a bunch of fucking pieces of shit. And here's another explanation where you have a town here that they find their version of um, white gold. I'm playing on the play of words here where when they found oil in the United States, they called it black gold um, because of how profitable it was, how generous how you know prosperous it was but in this town and actually very similar to a real world case as well they did a survey and they found that it had horrible negative side effects long term right but definitely toxic definitely poisonous so i'm thinking like oh this is like a kind of it's like asbestos only like way worse i was thinking yeah i was thinking a combination of coal with like plutonium right something that radiates you slowly over time and kills you because the way that the symptoms were described, that people got like these white blemishes to the yeah, point where they it's definitely pale. doing something funky. Oh, know, whatever, whatever is happening is, is weird. Yeah, and then the worst part too is they actually don't. I don't think they actually mention how they die because they get shot or burned before we actually see. Like, is it like a respiratory issue? Is it? Yeah, what exactly we don't know what it, it does. We just know that it. I think it I think it does. Light. It does seem respiratory because I think Law mentioned he was having trouble breathing, like towards the end when his when his started progressing. Oh, in that but, case, then absolutely, it's like a uh, coal then because you know people right. uh, coal miners in real life get coal lung uh, or black lung. Sorry. So in this and, case, and they li- they did mention that this is a like a mined resource, right? So I think coal is the most apt 
Yeah, that, but, but like, I was thinking, it's like worse than coal, you know, like way yeah, worse. Absolutely. Something like that's actually toxic and poisonous and infecting people. Actively. Yeah, I, I, I said plutonium. I actually meant uh, uranium. Sorry, uh, but that's why I mentioned uranium because uranium radiation poisoning it, you know gives you that half life effect. The more and more you're exposed to it. Wait, am I saying that right? Shoot, I don't know. But either way, either. Um, radioactive uh, poisoning side effects include getting like third degree blemishes around on your skin. That's why I was thinking that as well, because they were getting blemishes that were like white. That, right, right, you know, like radiation burns. Yeah, yeah. So basically, this is like the like the best and the worst of like all like the the main resources that like drive like energy, basically. But in this case, it's not even energy. It's like everything. It's furniture. It's dye. It's senses. It's weapon. It's weapons. So it's like this very malleable, very flexible material. So, of course, the world government is going to mine the fuck out of it, and it's going to be very profitable. And, of course, because they're a bunch of cucks, when they realize it's deadly, they're not going to say shit. They're going to keep it quiet until it's way too late. And once the locals actually find out, oh, shit, we're getting sick. Oh, shit, we're getting younger and younger by the generation, by 20 years. Then the government just goes, well, that's a crisis we never expected. We're just going to evacuate no the nobles. Way. Yeah, no way, dude. We're going to evacuate the nobles, of course, because fucking nobles get the, all the priority. They were never exposed to the mines, so they're probably fine, as far as we know. But then they let the locals, including the Navy, help blockade and quarantine the entire town. Out of desperation, they wage war against you know their quarantiners to try and break out you know with that the white lead that they've been mining. And obviously it doesn't go very well, even to the point where they're tricking the locals. This is where law comes in, where they even try to trick the kids going, hey, come to the church. We're going to put you on an orphanage and ship you out. It'll all be fine. That was a fucking lie. They shoot them dead <laughs> in one of the worst panels, actually, in One Piece. No joke. Where yeah, you see the hard. Yeah. And Oda does not hold back on the war crimes because you see a hospital burning with people alive, including lost sister still inside. You see his parents, a bunch of body of corpses. Then you see kids that he was supposed to go with face down, covered in blood. And I'm like, yeah, this would traumatize a person. Just a little yeah. bit. And he, he has to escape all this floating down the river in the pile of his dead friends. Yeah, you know, just just metal normal, shit. Normal seven-year-old stuff, I guess. Yeah, so, of course, when the first thing he says is, I just want people to die, and I just really don't care, I have no purpose, I'm just like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't. I he's, he's he has he has every right to be completely nihilistic and just not give a shit about anyone and anything. Um, but that's what leads into this weird and like uh um this weird and uh what's the right word for it? Very interesting and I'm trying to get the right term. His relationship with Corazon because when they first start, they fucking hate each other. Law backstabs him for fuck's sake. <laughs> After a I, I wasn't. I don't really so. remember. Did it specify like why he didn't like Coruscant, or was it just him being an angsty like pissed uh, off? Coruscant was actually, I think, beating the shit out of him. Like he was being like, "Oh, oh I'm doing I mean, my job." <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I kind of just like brushed that off. Like, yeah, but he does that to everyone. <laughs> but that well, is actually a good reason <laughs> to hate someone. Yeah, that, yeah, you know anything because everyone else, including Doflamingo, wasn't actually you know physically abusing uh, Law. Coruscant right. was because he was like the guy responsible because he was directly. trying to get the kids to leave, as we learned, right? Yeah, yeah. And then then you have that whole shit where he literally backs up Coruscant, but for some reason Coruscant doesn't like rat him out of like, yeah, this guy, this kid, like literally just tried to kill me, but you know it's all good. Um, yeah, it, but definitely it starts off rocky, like very as to, stated, but. 
<laughs> it turned into like one of the best relationships easily like at least i'd say parental right that's how i interpret it as a parental type relationship like father to son it's easily the best among the best because we'll have white beard come on but among the best yeah. in the series i the way i saw it was definitely more like big brother little brother but that could work too with a uh, father and son because like again like the way it starts they kind of get along like they're like brothers and siblings right where it's just like okay i Try to stab you, but you know what? I know a dirty little secret of yours. I ain't going to tell dad. You know, that's, that'll be a secret between you. Now we're, now we're even. But what I was, um, like, was hit by the most was, again, like, when he found out that he his full name was Trafalgar Water D. Law. Was it D. Water? Or Trafalgar D. Water Law. D. Water Law. And then that's when everything just changes. And it becomes, at first, it's an objective, right? He shows off that he's not powerless. He actually has, like, the, I think it's, like, the quiet, quiet power um yeah, calm, calm which is by the way probably like one of the best spy powers you could have um i, I need and, to send you that clip it's <laughs> where awesome. it's just just completely silent yeah um, it's like him in the dark you know running around doing all this spy stuff like jumping through the room yeah, that, that part's really cool. yeah the, against the barrel pirates yeah um but the biggest thing too is just how it just evolved over time and over just simply hey i'm just doing my job because i found a way to uh like completely mess over uh doflamingo but in, instead it turned into i need to give this kid some hope because literally the entire world refuses to even look at him to treat him he goes from hospital to hospital trying to see just just out of desperation right like there's probably no hope to find a cure at this point but at least try but all the doctors and nurses are just like oh my god that kid is infectious which he's not by the way he's infectious oh my god get the hell out of here i'm gonna call the navy and he just as persistent he just goes to next place next island next island and while this whole time is going on there's the side story going on too where by the way the op op fruit which is what law ends up eating is quite possibly the key to immortality which is kind of a big deal it doesn't (laughs) It doesn't really sound like a possibility, but that's someone. It's something that Doflamingo would so want to give a shot. My no, in my perspective of this, it didn't, he didn't present it like oh, we think that maybe the Ope Ope no Mi can make someone immortal, right? He's like, this fruit can make someone immortal. We know it. Oh, okay, like for sure. Okay, so, I, that, that's that's the way I interpreted it. And long head, my longtime head canon is that. The only way that he could know that is that clearly someone in the world is immortal. Somewhere. Somewhere. Not saying who. Maybe someone waiting at Raftel. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe that's the the secret of Mary Joy. I don't know. See, it may- doesn't seem like he'd yell out at the top of his... Be yelling it here, right? Like from the palace top, maybe, though? Yeah. So that I could... I could definitely say that someone, a uh, part of like Goldie Rogers' old crew who had it, therefore that's why he's actually still alive, despite the fact that we still haven't seen that scene, by the way. We don't know if he was actually beheaded or not. It's implied that he was, but we, we, we never saw it. Who knows? Uh, I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Either way, even There's if he was. There's been too many, like, even just, I guess they're not technically canon, but flashbacks to that moment, you know, like our references. Possibly. Like, like yeah. Bartolomeo. Oh, no, that was, no, Barto was there with, for Luffy, not uh, mm. Roger. Like, Smoker, right? Smoker was there, and he's never mentioned anything about, like, yeah, he's not actually dead. Like, or about the, whenever the Pirate King comes up, or anything weird about that day that happened, right? Mm. He was I like, yeah, so. I was there when the Pirate King got executed. End of All story. Right. Slight edit, then. Maybe after it happened, 
they brought. I don't know how strong the op op fruit is. I don't know how powerful it is. Right. Right. They're, this. <sighs> I'm not so, throwing wait. it completely off the table. I just, I just got a theory. 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 Okay. So, you know how the op-op fruit, you can have a sphere, right? You can have the zone, right? In which everything uh, that happens in the, the zone, room. you control. What if Roger had a crewmate right nearby, right? Maybe he's posing as a soldier, right? And then the beheading happens, but they're in the sphere. So, in actuality, Roger didn't die from being beheaded, but he was definitely still beheaded. But you know that power, right? You can get cut up into multiple pieces, but you're still you. You're still. Oh, you see, that's possible. <laughs> and that's see, very yeah. possible. So then, yeah, maybe... then it would still look like he died, like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But because he still has that illness that they still can't exactly find the cure for, he's at Raftel for some reason. Like, that's well, the, that's here's the, problem, the thing, though, because right? like, still ill. what what is the illness? And I also, we need to understand how Law cured his own illness with the op fruit. I was actually going to ask about that. They didn't actually show that. Is that just they? like, did he just, does he open the room and like, okay, there's me and the disease, remove the disease or you switch it with, you know, I don't get it. I don't I was know ask, how that works. Yeah, I was going to ask because I don't think they actually showed the scene where after he ate the fruit, he just kind of got better. But they didn't actually show himself performing on himself and like removing the poisoning. Or yeah, we, we like never that. saw him cured as a kid. We just know like he got the fruit and then he lived to be an adult. So, yeah, <laughs> you know? sorry. Sorry for those listening at home. We got really sidetracked with that theory, but at the same time, uh, I wouldn't even say that's really a sidetrack. I, like that. I think that's kind of relevant. <laughs> Sorry, it's I'm super just... interesting. It's a very interesting fe- like aspect introduced in this arc because mm-hmm. we've never been given any indication that like devil fruits can have like a separate like a second ability almost. Right. There's that whole awakening aspect they introduced in this second half of Dress Rosa with Doflamingo's already bullshit powers. Um and this and they're like oh it's because I have awakened the powers. powers oh my god such bullshit <laughs> again that joke from Helsing Ultimate Abridged coming from Alucard when he's getting his ass kicked by Walter and he goes I know it's rich coming from me but your powers are bullshit <laughs> before he's just sliced up even more by a person who has very similar to Doflamingo powers uh, I thought that was very relevant so I guess to end off with the Corazon backstory other than that very touching like oh god that tragic yeah like overall it's yeah it's kind of like short-ish we get like they meet then like he eventually takes him away like oh we can because he's really just becomes desperate to save him because that's the yeah. kind of person he is we just get I think he really just likes kids right which is why he was beating them up <laughs> take that out of context like, like, if you will like, yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, he actually cared for him so much that I don't want you here with this scumbag, this horrible person. Because even in his own brother's words, he thinks that Doflamingo is inhuman. He's not. But not in the celestial dragon, holier than thou kind of way. It's like, no, this guy's a fucking demon. This guy is cruel beyond any belief. He was born to be a fucking psychopath. And they even show those horrible scenes where even when um they're being crucified by the commoners because his dad was... Just he was just humble enough and not proud for like just a few minutes, right? Because he's just like, oh, but we are human, are we not? Let's live among the people. And of course, obviously it backfires because people are rightfully pissed off at celestial dragons for every shit they do. And unfortunately, you see that scene where you know Corazon, the dad, and Doflamingo are like basically like strung up on the side of the burning home, and they're uh, blindfolded. I think they're getting shot too by the people down below. 
And you have Coruscant just, you know, going, I want to die. And then Doflamingo going, I'm going to fucking kill all of you. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, yep. Built those are different. different. Yep. Just completely different. That, that's, that's kids that are built different right there. Yeah. And unfortunately, that attitude is what got him that cultish uh, loyalty from people like Treble and the other officers. Because they saw him as the future pirate king of the underworld kind of thing. Or like... a or like you know, just king of the world. Where like, no, you can rule the underworld. You can rule as a celestial dragon with royal blood. Because I don't know that weird like mentality of like strength is power. Or like, yeah, uh, I, I think Doflamingo's in game was to like regain his status as god, right? Which is to take it back just for himself as a single god, rather than like the gods yeah. of the CDs. That's, He's like, that's no, the impression I that I get. I think that I think that would make sense, and it seems to be like thematically appropriate for him. Yeah. But what I would, I did want to say one more thing about the Corazon scene because it hit me a lot more the second time actually was the fact that Law ate the op op fruit right, and I think it was Doflamingo right that taught him how to perform right because he planned on Law performing on Doflamingo to make him immortal. Um, we taught him how to perform what? Uh, again, because it was before this moment because they were trying to groom Law up to be like the second in command, right? Doflamingo. Oh like, yeah, gonna, yeah. But I think it was Doflamingo, right? The one that taught him how to perform surgery, how to perform, be a doctor. Uh, no. I mean, that was just his dad. You... Wait, what? I'm pretty sure I learned that from his dad. Oh, you know what? Yeah, 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 you're right. I thought it was Doflamingo because and by of pretty another... sure, I mean I'm 100% sure. <laughs> from his father. No, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. The reason why I thought that, though, was because, again, later on, there's another bullshit power that's introduced that Doflamingo can do. And I'm like, all right, hold right, up. stitched himself up. <laughs> He can literally hold him his old so hold his dumb. Old, he can hold his organs together and keep them working with his own strings. And I mean, it's not actually stamina. healing, but I was like, <laughs> "Shut up!" We mentioned this in the last part, but like for some reason, it still works for me. Of why I love to hate this guy, because uh, except for that part, I think that part was a little bullshit. Even for me, where I'm just like, I'm giving this guy all the. I, I'm not even gonna. This. I'm not even gonna like cap. I think that is actually less bullshit than than the birdcage. <laughs> Like by a lot. I think for me, it's either one or the other. But because the birdcage came first, therefore I didn't like the strings keeping the. I would have. I would have allowed a lot with that devil fruit, actually. If oh, if you made a it a little more believable, you know, like make make this clone like maybe doesn't look like him up close from a distance, maybe you know, mm -hmm. yeah. like make the string clone. That would be cool. I'd be totally okay with that. I'm mm -hmm. relatively okay with the the strings like closing his like holes in him because that kind of makes sense stuff like that. But like then you get the bird cage and other things. It's so like, silly. Like, even as we're talking about it, I still think the self healing is the bullshit part and not the bird cage. For some reason, my brain is going. <laughs> The unbreakable enclosing strings. <laughs> For some reason, my brain is going, no, that's fine. That adds tension to the whole scene. That's a plot device, but I'm willing to go for it because it worked with me. Right, right. I get that, that it's a plot device, but here's here's my problem with it. Mm -hmm. So the, the way the birdcage is portrayed is it is actually indestructible, right? With, yeah. I'd say Fujitora inside of it, who is definitely a top tier swordsman, I would assume at least as a, you know, a Navy admiral. Yeah, and he, him, he's unable to cut it. Zoro's unable to cut it. All the gladiators are unable to cut it and get out of it. It just—I get that it, it adds tension and all that, but it, it actually does just seem like an extra super ability, like an ultimate that's like thrown into the devil fruit. You know I what I mean? Think if 
I think that honestly, it would have been a lot better if Zoro wasn't one of the people that was along the crew. Because the fact that you have the Master Swordsman who is able to beat down Pika, slice up literally the island's castle, and have that flashback with him learning how to master his hockey from uh, Mihawk. But then you have <laughs> at the end... Unable just, to cut the strings. Yeah. yeah, and then just having him push. I think if you had Sanji there instead of uh, Zoro, I think you could have helped alleviate that and be like, oh, well, the birdcage is there, super powerful, and it's super bullshit. But if someone like Zoro were there, it would have been alleviated. It would have added to the whole thing of like, yeah, Straw Hats are stronger together rather than separate. But well, you can't have Sanji here because then you wouldn't be able to get that incredibly juicy cliffhanger at the very end. <laughs> that's, that's true, too. That's true, too. Um, but what I wanted to resolve before we move on from the Corazon Law backstory was the final moments and how much Corazon really did grow to care for a law. Where after he tells him, like, I love you, and then locks him in that chest, gets shot by his own brother, because his brother doesn't give a fuck, and, you know, and stops him from uh, getting in his way any further, he maintains his quiet, quiet power the whole time as he's bleeding out to prevent Law from screaming, you know, let me out, let me out. Even if there's a case Law could actually heal Corazon's wounds, right? He is still locking him in that chest. He is still keeping him muffled and quiet just to make absolutely sure there's no one around to hear and turn back and get Law, right? He's making absolutely sure Law goes free away from Doflamingo at the expense of his own life. He could have lived, but he decided not to take that risk. So that's why I was like, the second time through that hit a lot harder. I didn't notice that the first time. Yeah, I also really just, the conversation that he had while he's, you know, he's breezing it with Dofi, but really it's meant for Law. That part always just, you know, like he had mm -hmm. to pretend he wasn't a Marine just because he didn't want Law to hate him. That part hit kind of yeah. hard. Just because, like, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, he really did, like, I felt like he loved Law like a son. Or like a little brother. Either way, it works. The name like family, fits. yeah. Like true yeah. family. Because that's not a, that's an ongoing theme with One Piece consistently, especially in this arc, too. Where uh, Doflamingo's uh, vision of family is anyone who serves his purpose. Whereas the one that we're familiar with is like, no, anyone who helps each other, right? In our darkest of times. So it was a nice contrast there between the two families. Um, so I think enough about Coruscant and Law's backstory. Um, we met, we did talk about, we did mention, yeah, Doflamingo. You know, <laughs> how he was just like, is he any like any way compassionable or relatable? Maybe there was like, some tragic part to his backstory that made him that no. little shit. No. He's understandable. It's like, it's a, I heard someone say this about Thanos, right? It's empathetic, as in I understand, like, what, why he is where he is, but I don't, sympath not sympathetic, right? I don't sympathize with him. I don't agree in any yeah, way. You, uh, yeah, you understand why he thinks like that because of experiences, but you're also like, dude, if you just thought about it a little more or a little differently, you wouldn't be in the situation. But Doflamingo's case, he literally wants the entire world to bow to him, whereas at least in this case, like this comparison, Thanos was literally going, oh, let me deplete the population by half so we don't go hungry. But the flaw with that logic would just be like, you know, just then just do, just multiply the number of resources. Double, then Double the resources or triple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have the infinity gauntlet. You might as well. And in this case, 
um, Doflamingo is literally just enacting revenge because from the minute one, he was a shitbird that thought he was the greatest in the world. Like, he, even he is eight years old or whatever, and he's wearing, like, shitty, like, tiny sunglasses. I, I mean, he's, he's, all he's cool. basically, he literally is just a, a celestial dragon unhinged, right? Exactly. Uncensored, unhinged. And because he was banished or excommunicated because he shot his own dad for having a little bit of humility that got him in that situation in the first place. He shot his own dad in the, in the back of the head. I think he brought his head back to the uh, Mary Joa. And then they're like, no, you can't kill a celestial dragon. Therefore, you're banished. And the only reason why that fucker is still alive and we're in this situation now where he's the king of the underworld is apparently... He knows of a treasure that's at Mary Joa, and that's enough to keep him alive. Rather than them, you know, accelerating their process to try and kill him, to silence him, apparently he knows a key detail that allows him to stay alive, like a blackmailing type of thing. It must be, like, super, super sensitive, right? Incredibly sensitive to the point where you don't want to silence the person who knows the secret. Because usually... Like, it's the... it's so secretive that if I threatened you with, like, if I even get suspicious that someone near me is going to kill me, I'm going to yell at the top of my lungs your secret. And they're like, okay, yeah. you know, I can't do and, anything. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering, too. Like, I'm, I was thinking, it can't be, like, a dirty journal that's like, oh, these are all the secrets of the history of the Void or some shit. Or, like, these are actually all, like, the inbred bastards or whatever. Um, because you would kill him instead, right? That way, there's one less loose end to worry about. But this got to be something that's like dangerous if it to like to their status or or you know if they get if it gets out or maybe something like that or it's like a I don't know maybe like yeah like related to ancient weapons I don't know I don't know yeah one of my theories actually was maybe it's actually the ancient weapon Uranus right like there because we don't know where it's at yet and. We haven't heard of, uh, ha- there's two of them that we're missing, right? Because we know, we now we, the only one we know where it is now is Poseidon. So what's, do we know the name of the other one? Oh well, yeah, Pluton. Yeah, we, Pluton. yeah, that was the first one. Uh, Pluton yeah. is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for all we know, for all we know, it's a blueprint, right? For a, like a, something that you make. Um, We don't know what Uranus is, so that's just a theory. Like it could be that, but you can't just kill him off because again, we don't know the whole properties of it. It's the exp- I just feel like it's so important because why else would you not do the typical noble, like, no, not noble, not like, you know, like nobility thing, not noble thing, of just silence the loose end, right? Oh, he knows a secret of mine? Kill him. Even torture him, make it slow, right? To punish him. But instead, in this case, it's like, no, he's banished, so therefore this celestial dragon shouldn't have any problem killing him, and even admits it, right? But it's keeping him alive. So I'm very eager what that treasure is. But we know it's at Marajoa, right? So it's not like... It's not like on a mysterious island in the Grand Line. It's at Mary Joa. So, again, it could be Uranus. It could just be some other crazy type of treasure that requires maybe like a, a mystical slash like supernatural thing where you need a certain person or a certain branch of the Celestial Dragons, maybe. That's why they kept him alive, maybe. I Like the Don Quixote family bloodline? I don't know. Um... Again, there's all these theories that you can come up with in your head, but it was it's enough to keep him alive, and that makes me fucking curious. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it just Doflamingo's a piece of shit, and then what happened to him? It made him the worst piece of shit. But we love to read about him. <laughs> um, Don't and I we. think it's all. Uh, that's all I have for the backstories of these of these two characters. Do you have anything else, Dad? 
No, I think I got pretty much all my thoughts out as well. Okay. I, I love um, Corson. I'll just reiterate that. Corson's like easily my favorite Marine in the whole series so far. Even more than Kobe? Oh, fuck Kobe. <laughs> I don't like he's Kobe. Got a, he's got a long way to go to be actually like on top of like on top of my list <laughs> of like people I like. You, you like you willingly join the Navy, dude. Come on. Um he's young and impressionable, it's fine. Um oh, I have it written here as a joke that one of the possible treasures is he knows the secret details of like you know like that part in the first season of Game of Thrones, like the lineages and histories of the royal families. But you uh, have like the Celestial Dragon version, and it's like, oh, the Donkey So family, it's actually black of hair, not blonde of hair or something. Or it's like, oh, yeah. like the like all the last like two hundred years of Celestial Dragons are actually all like bastards normal of a different people. family. <laughs> yeah, or normal people, exactly. So it's like, oh, the actual literal... Yeah, not even descendants of the, the twenty kings or yeah, they all died right, off, or you got lied to. Government. Yeah, they got lied to by their own version of the Lannisters, and they're like, "Yeah, you got fucked over hundreds of years later." <laughs> I don't know. Like, I had some fun with these theories, but my main one was like, it could be like a map to the weapon or the weapon itself. But you need Doflamingo for some reason. You need a Don Quixote. So who knows? Uh, it was also at this point though, it got a little, it got a little fun and personal that we saw a little call out to Horikoshi, uh, the. Um, creator of My Hero Academia because he has like look at this fan art and now look at this first volume cover of my, of this new manga shonen look familiar yeah that's my fan art from 10 years ago <laughs> check it out I'm just like wow way to set the time scale <laughs> uh, and at the same time uh, a couple chapters later we also got uh, a farewell to Naruto because we saw uh, Luffy eating with Naruto right. with uh, at like a like a ramen shop so it was like during this time period we saw this shift from the big three of the original shonen yeah, to yeah. these new players. So I guess Dress Rosa is like really is like a, a moment in history, really, because it's a hundred fucking chapters. So it's like what two yeah, years it, long? It was over two years. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely like definitely something that was great that I noticed. I got a little got a little, got a little feelings in there. Um, before, actually, honestly, yeah, the the got to the flashbacks. Uh, any noticeable parts you want to talk about with the fights we didn't talk about? There was Zoro versus Pika. There was Bartolomeo versus and Cavendish versus Gladius. And there's Sai and Baby Five, right, against uh, Lao G. Uh, and then Luffy versus Bellamy. That was actually right before the, the Dolphin fight. I mean, fight. Like, all, of, all the gladiators have a really good showing. Like, everyone that, I mean, we can say it now, will eventually become the captains of the Straw Hat Grand Fleet. Mm-hmm. They all do really cool shit. You know, like, you've yeah, got Orlumbus, makes... like, you've got one of them who's throwing people, like, bowling balls, you know, like, knocking over <laughs> Don Quixote members. You've got a, a literal giant just destroying everyone. Uh, Cavendish and Bar- Bartow, obviously, being awesome. It's insane. And they're all they're mm-hmm. all really cool in their own ways, and they're all memorable. But, like, I don't think they're all necessarily, like, worth mentioning yeah, like, every fight least, alone, yeah. you know? At, at least of right now, I'll get to my crazy shit at the end of the episode. Uh, in terms of, like, uh... <laughs> to tease you those listening at home um in terms of like the actual like side fights i don't see anything that's incredibly important except for like maybe baby five's backstory so we got like senior five sorry we got senior pink's there's, backstory right there's some potential there with baby five there's a, yeah there's, there's a theory that her name is baby five because her parents just didn't give a shit enough to give her name so like, there's just a possibility that there's like 
maybe later on we'll see a baby four, a baby three, baby two, or baby one. Mm-hmm. So for those wondering at home what we're exactly talking about, we're talking about the backstory of baby five where it's revealed that the reason why she is so like willing to just latch on to anybody saying and thinking that they need her is because, yeah, as what Justin said, she was literally abandoned at a young age and her own mom told her, you're useless, you're an extra mouth to feed, do not come back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that that that, that fucking sucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and then Sai is like the first person genuinely to be like, even though it's not like, sorry, I said genuinely, that's the opposite. It doesn't feel that genuine because he's just like, okay, I just want this lady not to kill herself in front of me and I want that guilt. So you know what? I'll marry you if it makes you stop, okay? <laughs> and <laughs> and then he like finishes off Lao Lao Ji impresses his uh I guess his what's his, his dad? Who's a uh, grandpa? His grandfather, the leader yeah. of their uh, the yeah, uh, yeah. crew, I guess. Um he's, and he's like, like they're they're from a nation actually, right? He's the leader of a a navy, the Kobahapo Navy and well now Sai is the leader. It really is hard to keep track of, like, who's from a tribe, who's from a crew, who's yeah, from a... Yeah, a lot of people here, like, some of them were pirates, like, a hot, the giant guy was a pirate, and then the guy that was bull and ball stuff was a pirate, Bardo's a pirate, but a lot of them are not pirates. Some of them are, like, you know, na- a nation's army, like, the tactician guy was yeah, from a nation, uh, and the king, and yeah, it's all kinds of weird or, crap going on. Or some were actually gladiators, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, they're, they're actually literally, right. they're literally just gladiators, they're just people looking for a fight. Um, but yeah, so we had that with, uh, Baby Five and Psy, so congratulations on their patrol. Um, Barto and Cavendish, they had a really quick and fun fight. Uh, I already mentioned how Barto was hilarious as a simp. Um, he did take one for the team. There was a moment where Gladius revealed that he had, like, the pop-pop power, so anything he can shoot from his spiky hedgehog hair, it turns into, like, projectiles. But Barto used his, uh, barrier to keep it in a ball, and he took all the hits. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's a cool guy shit. Uh, before finishing him off with a, you know, a knockout. That's another thing, which I just want to say this real quick again, because I really dislike the birdcage. <laughs> I feel that <laughs> it also undervalues Bart- Bardo's fruit a little bit. A little bit, Because yeah. it's, it's a little amazing that his fruit seems to be un- impenetrable, right? And you're like, yeah. Ooh, wow, like, is it really unbreakable? We're kind of wondering, like, nothing's broken right. again, so we don't and, know. And then and also, then like, well, yeah, apparently these strings are also unbreakable, so... All right, yeah. <laughs> you could have just got his ability instead and had to accomplish the same effect. I get you. I get you. Um, I think I guess we're going to go back to that real quick. Um, hopefully in the future, they ex- uh, Oda expands more on like how big of a deal it is to how ha- unleash an awakening of your devil fruit power because if it gives you a literal like power of a god type of thing, not to like you know toot on Doflamingo's boat a bit more here. But if they have extended mod in the future, maybe it could work because yeah, it is power creep. I, I think to a yeah, huge I think if he stand. can uh, if he can tie like explicitly make the birdcage part of the awakening, which the way I understood it, awakening was only the ability to turn other things into strings. But I, which I'm, is I'm not sure. Which is weird because you would think it would be the birdcage. <laughs> exactly, but the birdcage is like actually kind of more busted than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right, so you got the Barto and Sai conflict. Uh, Zoro versus Pika. Zoro doing Zoro cool ass shit. Uh, fighting Kermit the Frog over there. I did appreciate another version of tag team combo where he had some of the gladiators like punch the air so hard that he used that as a catapult to yeah, launch. Yeah, and, oh, and he had a uh, he had or Orlumbus right. That's the bowling captain. He had him throw. He threw him into the air for the start of that, didn't he? 
Yeah, I think so. I, I think, know that I think King Punch had a purpose later on, and I actually want to bring that up where it's, again, a display of Zoro's natural combat intelligence. Because, you know, King Punch is like, yeah, I can punch a big hole in this guy, and I can do some good damage. Zoro's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to do something real quick. I'm going to need you to save your ultimate for after I do my thing. Trust me. He does his thing, right? Slices Pika up, gets the actual body. All the pieces of the Colossus, of the, the, you know, the fucking Kronos from God of War 3, or Shadow of the Colossus, comes crumbling down. And then finally King Punch sees it. He does his ultimate attack and blows with the debris into the ocean. And I'm just like, you know, that's always being a smart boy. He, he knows what he's doing. He's knows what he's doing. It's also unfortunate that we made that Shadow of the Colossus joke way back at Little Garden because we literally have like a better example of a Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> right. And I'm like, hey, I don't know what's coming ahead. All right. <laughs> I don't know we're going to have a more direct reference here. Um, but yeah, Zoro being very consistent with very entertaining uh, cutscenes. We see him fully master the hockey that we got a glimpse of. Again, with all these references back to Alabasta, where we first see Zoro with the hockey on his swords. But we don't, and not in name. And then this time, sorry, this time, he's mastered it to the point where he can defeat a giant completely. Um, oh, you want to bring up actually the pre-recording? You mentioned you actually brought up, and I actually really didn't see it except for one comparison. How all of the officers here have very similar powers to like the Barate mercenary officers. And uh, the broke works. Yeah, yeah. Brock, sorry, sorry. You said Barate, but that's understandable. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Like, we mentioned, and if anyone's, like, unaware of this, like, the parallels between this and Alabasta, like, on the arc level, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, the there's a, a Shishibukai who's taken over the country, and Luffy and crew are gonna come and overthrow him to help yeah, out the we, princess, right? We did talk about that, yeah, but you mentioned about the powers themselves. Like another specific yeah, yeah. comparison. Mm -hmm. About, because my notice that I made was uh, Trouble and Mr. Five with the explosive mucus or the flammable mucus. But that was the only comparison I really realized. And then you pointed out like, no, then you had the two officers with uh, gravity. Yeah. Powers. So here we've got, we got Maha Vice, right? Or Mach Vice, whatever have you say his name. And then uh, yeah. what was her name? Miss Tuesday or something. I don't know. I, really, I don't, she, I don't she know. She had the kilo kilo fruit and she could also change her weight. So two weight people. Then we had, like mm. you said, two explosive people. And then on some level, we also had, two characters that like swim through the ground because we had Miss Merry Christmas who was digging tunnels and digging through the ground and now here we have Senator Pink. So it's just, you know, it's interesting and I I dare say mm -hmm. it has to be intentional at this point. Yeah. For it's like reason, it really is Al so it really is Alabasta 2.0. It really is. Um but thinking back on it, yeah, like, as the more and more I think about it, man, that birdcage really is a bit too much. <laughs> it's, it doesn't deprive my enjoyment like, of the arc. Yeah, yeah, that's I how I feel about it, too. I don't hate it, it like but, because it yeah, does more about work it, it is in the of... arc. I hate it as, like, the ability for what it is. Mm-hmm. Just what it because, does, yeah. yeah. On some level, I have to power scale at some point. Like, why can no one break this? And that pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. Um... At the very least, you can slow it down if the, everybody in the entire goddamn island pushes together. You know, do, they do the Patrick meme from Spongebob where they literally push, push, and they just all, like, slow it down at once. It would have, I guess, would have been a, a bit better if they actually were able to push it back. At least make, like, some kind of flaw to it. But, yeah, how you're, like, what you were describing, too. Like, there really does seem like there's no flaw to the birdcage. It doesn't weaken Doflamingo. There's no way to just simply bypass right. it. Or It's yeah, not it's, like she has a limited amount of strings and that takes up like a lot of them, you know? N nothing. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> no downsides. 
like it would be it would have been nice if like when Doflamingo was knocked out a couple times in the fight, which we'll get into a bit more later. Um, that would have been nice if, where if he was knocked out, the birdcage stopped, but it didn't go away, right? Because that was a tense point later on where it's like, oh, I know he's not down down because the birdcage is still there. But the fact that it was still active was like, you know, you could have made it a lot weaker. So that way that people actually pushed it back for that temporarily to buy extra time. That would have made it much more tense where you have like, oh, this is a clock adjustment tension rather than a strict, uh, a, a strict uh, time to it. Um but whatever, I can see I'm, it. Done. I'm done. I'm done talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, but, but I completely understand. Um, I got one more fight I want to talk about real quick. Um, Luffy versus Bellamy. Um, if you guys remember the Jaya recording, I wasn't a huge fan of Bellamy. I still kind of not really. But I will admit, kind of like you said with Baby Five, there is potential for a good story with Bellamy. It's not. It's not here yet, but I I can see potential here. Because what we do see is a thug going through, like, identity crisis. That's what I was getting at. Where he confronts Dofi, right? Dodo Bird. The first time in part one, we didn't mention it, but it did happen. Where he's going, like, so what was my purpose? You were, gonna, you were sending one of your officers to kill me. What was, what's my purpose? And then he continues to control Bellamy, make him, like, a clown. And then to the point where he's even using Bellamy as a body shield in the beginning of the fight. Where Luffy actually kicks him in the in, square in the head. Um completely being used but he's willingly going along because he is a thug and accepts people who are much stronger than him get his respect but he admits that luffy is the only other person he respects because he knocked some sense into him right come two people with completely different ideologies both stronger than bellamy and all bellamy can really go with is you know what if i go down right now at least it's you bringing me down right and at the end of all this, it even kind of implies that Bellamy might be like an anti-hero slash maybe friend of a enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. Maybe even an ally. It's a little ambiguous. I would say more likely an ally in the future. Um, there could be some potential for a good redemption story for someone going through identity crisis. M- maybe. Who knows? Again, I'm not a huge uh, fan I, of I Bellamy. I feel the same. Yeah, I don't love him here. It's interesting that he came back at all. Would not yeah. have expected that. Yeah, I, I, I still think <laughs> it's funny how we were talking about the birdcage over and over again. And here I am just going, I still find it bullshit that he got the fucking golden totem from Skypea. <laughs> I think that's more bullshit. <laughs> but ultimately, we'll see what Oda does with Bellamy. Um, if it's nothing at the end of the day, honestly, I wouldn't mind that much. But there's some, again, there's a potential for that story. Um, All right. So I think that's it for the so, side fights yeah. I want to talk about. Well, wait, what else do you have before? I was going to say, let's talk about the end of the arc and the theories, but you got some more? Oh, well, we didn't talk about anything of the like the key parts of Law and Doflamingo, right? What parts you liked and what you didn't like kind of did thing. Wait, man, I'm, I'm, it's all a blur to me. I thought we did talk about that like somewhat last week. Uh, uh, no, we didn't. Anymore. We left to it. Um, we, did, we talked about Kiros beheading Doflamingo and how rad that was and how in another universe that'd be the end of the arc. But the actual presentation and choreography we kind of touched on it a little bit right but like panels of interest that i love is when doflamingo is about to finish off law because he actually like cuts off his arm at one point and oh, like, you oh, the, like just the like when luffy does the foot thing 
Yeah, the great panel oh, yeah. of we didn't talk. It's about one of the that. it's one of the few times I actually got goosebumps where I'm like looking at an action series and there's defiance in that panel where you have like this larger than life celestial dragon who's trying to be the god rather than amongst the gods being defied by the will of D, right? Someone that belongs to according to him a bloodline and according to Corazon a bloodline that's meant to be the enemies of the gods at every step of the way. And here's Luffy, AD, literally stopping him at this step <laughs> from curb stopping Luffy. I mean, uh, from that, Law. That panel is truly immaculate. Yeah, that to me, that panel was also like, okay, this is the beginning of the real fight. This is when it really gets thrown down. First chapter. I mean, next I, I hate to say it, but yeah, you, now that you're like, okay, now that all these extras are out of the way, like Law, you have trouble. <laughs> let's get the real fight going. You know, come on. Yeah, it, it, but I I want to mention too, where again, like this fight just goes on so well. Like, it's obviously an audio format, so we can't go into amazing details. We can't show you like a pr- a picture presentation of everything, but it does a lot of the things I mentioned in the past of my favorite fight scenes too, where there's no dialogue. But it goes on for page after page where there's literally no dialogue of them exchanging blows, right, at this point. Doflamingo is weakened from law, so Luffy is able to land a few punches at first. Doflamingo adjusts, and then all of a sudden law, I mean, I keep getting law and Luffy mixed up. Luffy is on the edge. He's starting to lose ground. Luffy reveals he's got an upgrade to his gear forms because gear two is too weak. And I think he just wasn't, I think he wasn't hitting him with gear three, right? He was too slow, I think. Yeah, um, basically it's like gear two, like he can hit him, but it's like not enough power, and gear third, it's enough power, but not quite fast enough. Yeah, and so he reveals he has a gear four, and aesthetically, I'm still mixed about the appearance, but I, I will say, at least when Eni's lobby, when we got the first reveal of the gears, at this point, I didn't go, oh, really? That's out of nowhere. At this point, I'm going, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> something I, honestly, I, I'll i tell you an interesting story is I can't even. Like, uh, I could never have been partial to this design because there had been a theory going around, like, in the community for years, like, before this was revealed, Gear 4. Because people were saying, like, okay, so Gear 2 is based on, like, the blood, and Gear 3 is based on bone, so Gear 4 is going to be based on muscle, which is actually correct, right? It's called muscle Mm. when we activate it. So that was the theory, and they're like, so it's going to end up doing something like this and something like this, and it's going to end up looking kind of like Shadow Luffy from Thriller Bark. This was actually and, a theory. And it going does. On yes, it was a theory. So like, <laughs> so when this happened, I was I couldn't even be surprised or like I couldn't think like, do I like this design? I was like, I already knew this was coming. Like, here it is. They were right. So what you're telling me <laughs> this is gonna be a, a leap here. So what you're telling me is that D D is full of shit from Game of Thrones, and if people can predict it, it doesn't make it a bad prediction. <laughs> or, or bad writing. It makes Basically. it fine. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, but that's actually really interesting you bring that up. It was so interesting. That's like the most accurate, I think, of all the series I've experienced, like, to fruition and being true. Mm-hmm. So, I will say still, aesthetically, I'm still a little iffy on it. I think it's mainly just the eyes, honestly. I think that's the only thing that's just kind of odd about it. But, um, honestly, I'll get used to it. It's not something that's going to be ruining my experience. But whenever <laughs> Luffy's in four, uh, Gear 4 and he's just completely wrecking dose shit it's so satisfying oh yeah he he bodies him when he's in gear four it's like it's the, no contest the first punch he lands it goes through the entire palace he goes through the town center and hits like the back wall and i think he like cracks his neck and goes 
Oh, okay. We're doing this now? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> one of the most satisfying hits in the series. Mm-hmm. I must say. That, that first, first fourth punch. That first one, yep. And then he shows off that it's also just completely, like, unpredictable, too, which is why I like it as well. Where there's a one attack he did on the one panel where, it like, the arm bends in multiple different angles. You can't tell where it's coming from. Right. The, and the, uh, the, called the Culverin. I move. think. I think so, yeah. But either way, I'm just like, okay, it's more about unpredictability, because literally, um, at least in the version I was reading, he called it, like, his bounce form, or bouncy form. Yeah, where, bounce, bounce man. Yeah, he's using his strength or powers to bounce around so fast, you can't keep track. And with that momentum, he can uh, meet, meet up with extra power, too. So Not, not to mention, he can fly in this form. <laughs> uh, should, we yeah. should probably bring that up. It's a small thing. Yeah. It's not a big deal. He, he can fly, so what? It's not technically uh, <laughs> flying, but it is. Oh, it's falling with style. Is that what the joke you were setting up and I missed it? Was that what you are setting up? Well, no, have, I, have I shown you... <laughs> I haven't sent you any of the memes about, like, what Pell said back in Alabasta. <laughs> I don't think so, but Cause yeah. Because there was, like, it was a quote, remember? When he's like, in this world, there are five devil fruits that give one the ability to fly. And, like, I'm pretty sure at this point now we've already seen more people flying. Than mm-hmm. five, so people just always make the joke when people are flying in a really stupid way, like with that <laughs> quote, and then the next panel of like buffalo, you know, like flying with the thing around his like nose or his head, like spinning. Yeah, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm just going along with it at this point. I don't care. <laughs> um, but I will say as well, like during this fighting sequence, um, there's a part where Doflamingo is like he's hurt himself so bad. That he's using his own, again, bullshit powers to hold himself up like a puppet. So there's a part where he's kind of like floating, looking down a little bit. And I got this really eerie, like, this is, I guess I, is it like really spoilers? Talk about AFO? You know what I'm talking about? AFO? His first introduction? And that Uh, other series? Let's let's avoid it, just in case. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. But it reminded me of that. If you know what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not saying it. But um, but when we first see that person, that, that's what I was thinking of. I'm just like, oh, he's literally floating like a puppet. Oh, that's very eerie. That's kind of creepy. Right. Um, but I definitely got those remarks. Um, I do want to say, too, that this fight does extend a little further that I didn't predict, but it made it all the more fun of the tension, where, again, I guess you didn't really need the birdcage for this. More criticism yeah. for that. But there's a part where Doflamingo is like, his back is through the wall. He you think he's down for the count, but they know he's not down. Luffy's rushing in to try and do the final blow, and he's out of juice. He collapses, right? He's just completely done. He's out. So then every single person on the island is now, like, you know, Doldo is getting on the comms. He's convincing people to hold on to hope. Uh, what was the... Yeah, Giatz, the, the narrator from the Coliseum. Yeah, The Giatz. hype man. He gets in, he's like, don't worry, guys, Lucy, not Luffy, Lucy's gonna get us, he's gonna get us out of here, just buy him ten minutes, you're either gonna push back against that birdcage, or you're gonna try and fight Doflamingo, do something, have mm-hmm. hope, so you have, like, this great hype moment with everyone, like, scrambling to do their shit, you have your Patrick Spongebob meme push moment, you have, actually, what was supposed to be a great moment where the gliders were fighting Doflamingo, it's actually another eerie scene where you see Doflamingo is full demonic at this point, where he's using that awakening power you mentioned, where he's using the ground as strings to impale people, yeah. everyone getting near him, and he's not smiling anymore. He's just going, where the fuck is Luffy? Bring him to me now. Like, he is out of, like, he is yeah, no he's more. so pissed. 
He is so done. And just to add, like, insult to injury, here comes Violet, or Viola, sorry, one of the old officers that betrayed him, right? Um, and just comes to confront him. She tries to swing with him, doesn't work out. Rebecca comes in, and now you have a scene from Avatar The Last Airbender with bloodbending. <laughs> because Bro, I was my... like, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I know. What are if... you guys, what are you trying to do here? I, I know, I know. I, what do you, I, what I just... if they think they were proving, you know? I don't remember why Rebecca did that. I know why Viola tried to, right? Because, again, it's part of the hype moment where you're trying to do everything to slow down Doflamingo in any way. Um, Rebecca, though, I don't know why she went there. Because, again, she doesn't like to fight. Uh, maybe because she was just curious where Viola went and then caught herself out in the open. Um, yeah. I, again, if Rebecca had a shield, this wouldn't be nearly as scary. <laughs> like, like, come I mean, on. You, like, you, you, can still knock, Doflamingo. you can still knock her out with a big-ass shield, right? But it's also like, well, you know what? The sword is, you know, it's easier to tell. Um, then you have that moment, right? That's kind of scary going on. But, you know, it's not going to happen. Luffy recovers just in time. He has enough juice in him for one final attack, which I think might be my new favorite attack. It's just the biggest punch you can imagine. The King Kong. King Kong gun. <laughs> King Konga. And that, it's a great symbolic way to end that fight where you just see... You don't even see the body at the end of that chapter. You just see his broken sunglasses. And I'm just like, great way to end that fight. Right. Where the people are finally free. That that fight, that those broken sunglasses are people finally free of the of the actual puppet master right free of the birdcage so g- incredibly entertaining i'm not big on fights but i did want to cover that a bit more than usual because it's my possibly my favorite fight in the series right as of right now it is incredible it's great i love to hate Dolphamingo. so after after the fight we get a couple of serious plot setups right right we get like, uh, I mean, we get like a little, I guess, uh, interlude before the next arc. We learn that the Straw Hats are going to travel on Bartow's ship, right, to the next island. Yeah, because, because the other Straw their Hats. Own ship. Yeah, the other Straw Hats are, they're caught in their own adventure. We get like a couple of pages of what they're doing. They're like chasing after this mystery girl that looks like a, a deer person. Um, They look like they're chased after like some of Kaido's men, I think, or like some other animal themed crew. I don't know. Um, I just know Kaido is beast themed, so for all I know, everything now from now on is <laughs> is belonging to his crew. Um, they ran from Big Mama, and now they're with Kaido. But again, so whoever that mystery girl is, she's probably going to be important in the next arc. Um, that's what we know there. Uh, we get clarification that the Revolutionary Army, uh, Sabo and Koala, and the uh, the Fishman Karate Master, they were there. I don't remember his name. Sorry. Uh, they were there to actually the. In, get intel on Doflamingo's, you know, some of his weapon shipments and to take some of the weapons because, you know, they're fighting a fucking revolutionary army. They need the weapons to fight. Um, so we got that clarification. Um, we mentioned it last episode. Sabo reveals the, the whole scene of what happened between him and Luffy with their reunion. Um, the news gets out, right, that the Straw Hat Heart Alliance usurps Don Quixo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Everyone's freaking the fuck out because, holy shit, there's a pirate alliance that's changing up the status quo. Uh, there's also Admiral Fujitora, who, again, he he's kind of showing himself to be maybe one of the better admirals or one of the better people, or at least lost, I guess you could say. Because he prostrates in full apology. He realizes, yeah, we kind of fucked up allowing Doflamingo to 
reign this long. We kind of fucked up. I admit, I apologize. Obviously, angering the five elders and the fleet admiral at Kainu back at home. Obviously, incredibly angering them. Um, and so we get that detail. Uh, what was something else with the Elder Five? Wasn't there something else that was kind of important? We we mentioned was... or we learned what happened to Alkizi. That was pretty uh, interesting. What happened to him exactly? Like I know the last arc we showed him that he left. Uh, well, well, no, we we learned that he's with the Blackbeard Pirates. Okiji? Yeah, they said I it. Com- I completely Alkizi joined that. Blackbeard. His name is I Kuzan. Com- His real name is Kuzan, and he's now a member of the Blackbird Pirates. Oh, okay. I think I saw that name. Okay, and that's uh, why I didn't know. You might know. not have recognized God him. He did, he did look quite a bit different, but yeah. Yeah. Kuzan. I Kuzan. literally remember that. That's insane. <laughs> like, that's insane. <laughs> I even remember, I now I remember, I, see that, I saw that panel, and I go, oh, Kuzan, that's the cover name Ang used in Avatar Last Airbender. Okay, cool. It didn't hit me. That was, that was Okishi. <laughs> One piece, rep. <laughs> exactly. I don't. I don't um, think his real name was revealed yet back then. But yeah. I really don't but know either. I just know actually I, a reference. Just, I know I kind of has been used different names too. I'm just like again. I'm just. I'm just keeping. I'm just keeping up on those A's. I'm remembering those names. I'm horrible with names. So you throw in a different name now. I'm like fuck. <laughs> so right. I completely missed that. Thanks for bringing that up. So yeah, Kuzan's his real deal. name. Alkiji's the the code name. Oh gosh. Ugh, it would be easier if it was just first and last names. Now it's code names. Yeah, the admirals all have code names, though. Akainu's uh, a code name. Oh, <laughs> boy. Fujifor um, is a code name. Oh, uh, back to the Revolutionary Army real quick. Uh, Burgess, right? He was part of the Blackbeards. He was there trying to get the Firefire Fruit. It's confirmed that the Blackbeards are hunting for power users, yeah. is what Sabo says. Which, you know, that's that doesn't surprise me. That was one of my thoughts that, that could happen with the Blackbeards. Uh, but the fact that they're doing it on a larger scale, and it's not Blackbeard, it could be anybody now. It means that they all know, I guess, the technique or the secret to doing so. Because he was willing to try and kill Sabo right then and there with the knife, right? Yeah. yeah uh, some people him. some people theorize that he's got uh, a bunch of different fruits in that sack over his, that he keeps with him. Oh, to, like, to maybe. force it to, to spawn, like, right there. Oh, you okay. Know? That, that, so that basically, the okay. people think, like, the theory is to kill him. And if you have, like, maybe there's only so many types of fruits that could, you know, like, possibly be. If you have one of each, like, with you, then you increase it has your to odds. be yeah. there. Yeah. You increase your odds to have the fruit right there in your sack. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, so I had no fucking clue about that. That's big fucking news. The fact that OKG is with the Blackbeard Pirates. I don't know why he's a big fucking mystery. I thought for a second he might be a potential ally. Maybe he still is. Maybe he's, like, some a- a double agent or a spy. Who knows? Um... We'll see, I guess, because he was quite ambiguous with uh, Smoker. Um, we also got the confirmation that the Kid Alliance, they're not going for Kaido. They're going after Shanks. That was confirmed in this one. Because yeah. when they read the news, they were like, okay, good. They were going, they're going after this guy, I guess. So they're not going after our target, which is like, oh, well, that complicates things. Definitely. I thought the Super Rookies were going to be all kind of cool. Now they're not. Fuck these guys. <laughs> um, not before they're also confronted by Kaido himself with that stinger of a cliffhanger. Let Let's just can we talk about that in- intro real quick. Um, you mean the chapter that was titled "Suicide" with the front cover of like Nami and an animal smiling in the mirror? Yeah, I'm like, that's the one. That was that's a weird introduction, by the way. You shouldn't combine a g- uplifting like fan art request with a title like "Suicide." <laughs> <laughs> but 
Regardless, it ends up with this mysterious figure off the side of, like, what looks like another, like, island that's, like, Skypea, one of the Sky Islands, and just falling off. You're like, oh, okay, so I guess war crimes weren't dark enough earlier. Let's just show someone committing suicide. Okay. What the fuck? But then it turns out well, you can't kill him. Not committing, <laughs> only attempting. Only attempting. He because die. this man just survived a fall from a Sky Island. He played so much Titanfall that he became immune to fall damage. He like, he has damage. zero fall damage modifier, like, turned on. <laughs> but I also think it might have been intentional, too, because he's like, well, if, Actually, if I no. don't die... Huh? I take that back. Because, honestly, it's not even zero damage, it just wasn't enough damage to, like, even for him to notice, is more of the impression that I get. Yeah. And I guess, like, the excuse is just like, oh, I'm just trying to find someone who can kill me. But cause I, I think that was his plan to actually land in the middle of their meeting with the Kid Alliance. Because he's just right there. There's there's the Emperor. He's just right there. Uh, yeah. That's like, come on. That's not a coincidence, right? Like, he, yeah. he this is an intentional, dramatic entrance. And that leads to my theory, where I think he's going to try and get them to help him take down Shanks. Because I think Kaido wants a little bit of land grabbing, you know? I think he's going to try and go for some territorial Ooh, think, expansion. I uh, think there's some emperor, some discord amongst the four emperors? Well, I think that maybe he sees Blackbeard as a threat, so he's going to need all the resources and help he can get. So he, maybe he wants to take over Shanks' land. I don't know. I'm thinking like old school like territorial okay, yeah, expansion yeah. kind of thing. I don't know what he's mm-hmm. planning. Or maybe there's some beef, I don't know, between Kaido and Shanks. Maybe Shanks has the secret to kill Kaido, and Kaido's like, why won't you kill me, dude? I hate you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know what but, the but that Kaido entrance was like a 10 out of 10. Uh, the If you ha- if you ignore the first chapter opening page, then yes, because I still think that's fucking weird. <laughs> with the, <laughs> right. With, the fan art of Nami. Yeah, he, yeah the, or like the, the request, right, with Nami and the animal. I think it's Nami. Uh, with they're just smiling into the mirror, because it looks like they're like playing dress up. But then you have suicide. I'm like, is this like uh, argument about the? Wait, are you talking about what? What is this? <laughs> like, there's so much questions I have about this. But yeah, if you ignore that part, then yeah, like that's a fucking entrance where he's just like, all right, what are you fuckers doing? <laughs> what are you guys doing here? Um, we also get the, uh, we also get like a big like power move and by Doflamingo, even though he's in chains, he gets like a. Not really a spoiler for Spider-Man 4 for the PS4, because it's, like, the first level. Um, there's a moment where you take down, like, a big criminal overlord kind of thing, right? Kingpin in this case. And he goes on, like, this rant of, like, you took me down. You were messing up the status quo. You are messing up the balance of peace so bad by doing this. You think you're doing the right thing, but you're going to have Kaido coming after you guys. You're going to have the, the, the worst generation coming after you're going to have Blackbeard taking right. action. Like, like, you don't you're even s- know what you're doing right now. Like, you're fucking everything up. And I'm just going to be laughing and smiling the whole time. Oh, I'm going to impel down. Can you get me some news? Can you get me a subscription at least so I can keep track of the world burning because of what you guys are doing to me? And then on top of that, there's some Captain Jack, not Sparrow, but just Captain Jack, from, I guess, also the Kaido Pirates, because I think they have, like, a beast... Em- I, again, I don't know. I think it's, like, an elephant-themed right, ship. Uh, not so sure. he's, not, he's not a captain, but, yeah, Jack is from the Beast Pirates. Okay, I thought it was Captain Jack. Uh, sorry, I... I well, literally... Kaido is the captain, you know? <laughs> oh, that's... Oh, he's Emperor. Well, he... Right. I mean, Jack I, Jack is, like, the captain of that ship that he was on, I guess. <laughs> I, that's, why, that's why I just called him Yeah, Jack. but he's not, like, um, the captain of, like, the whole crew, because he's Kaido's subordinate. 
Yeah. Um, but and he's apparently going to go in and try and rescue Doflamingo. So if that is successful against, you know, Suru and these other high-level Marines and naval officers, we'll, we'll probably see Doflamingo again. Because, again, this guy has knowledge of whatever that treasure is. And, again, he was creating, manufacturing Smile for Kaido. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of importance to bringing that guy back in some way or another. We got that plot line going on. Um, I think the rescue will be successful, honestly. I think we're going to see Doflamingo again. That fact that he has the knowledge of that treasure is like, you can't just bring it up nonchalantly and act like that's no big deal. That's got to be an important key detail. Um, You have a great personal moment where Rebecca kind of like uh, refuses, revokes her title as princess and goes to live with her father in the sunflower fields. That was a very nice yeah, emotional oh, that moment. Was, that was a good ending. I like that. At least yeah. happy happiness for Rebecca and Soldier. Yeah, where Soldier is like, are you sure you want to live with a criminal like me? And she goes, yes, you are my father. And then, and again, th- that's thanks to Luffy, right? Because Luffy's like, I, I don't care if I'm like, looks like I'm kidnapping you. I don't give a shit. Do you want to see your dad again? Yes or no, <laughs> right? Get on my back. <laughs> and then the people like see it and they pretend they like, oh, he's kidnapping her. Oh, we got to chase the pirate off as usual, right? Like kind of like Orange Town. They have to leave in a, in a, in a negative kind of way or like Skypea. But in this case, the people were all in on it, right? Because even Fujitora, he's like listening to the people and he's like, they're not genuine. They're acting. What the hell is this Luffy guy? <laughs> to convince the entire people to help him escape? Okay, shit. Um, As Mihawk said, Luffy's most terrifying ability, right? Making everyone like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this also confirms that uh, Viola is now, I guess, the next heir. Which, if Viola was playing the Game of Thrones the whole time, she won. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Grandpa's pretty old already, you know? Yep, he's gonna kick the bucket anytime soon. You know what? That's perfectly fine. J- just looks alone until he's like, full in peace. I mean, let's just, uh, if we base his, like, age progression on King Cobra's, he's basically right now where King Cobra is, right? So in two mm. years, they're both probably like, right? Like, look how yeah. far, how much people age in two years here. Queen Vivi and Queen Viola. Now oh, that's a matchup. Sorry, I'm thinking, I'm thinking ahead. Uh,. Law confronts Sengoku. He tries to talk to... Because Sengoku is here, by the way. Um, He's retired. He's just uh, along for the ride. He tries to get answers about what exactly the Will of D is and why Korosone did everything he can to try and help him, right? Because Sengoku and Korosone were working Tad uh, together. Korosone was reporting to Sengoku directly at the before his death. Um, Sengoku does learn, right? He, he has a reaction of like, oh, you're a D? Uh, it's nothing. I'm just like, oh, you motherfucker, you know something too, you little bitch. Oh, you bitch. Um, so much enticing information. But instead of Sengoku actually trying to arrest Law, he says, out of respect for Korosone, because he was one of my best guys, I'm gonna let you go. And I'm like, oh, okay. Probably not gonna last long, because, you know, <laughs> we forgot to mention it, because we uh, were breezing by so fast, but there's a moment where, like, you know, Doflamingo's, like, doing the mo- evil monologue shit to Law, and then Law's like, yeah, how about you kiss the ass of everyone on the island and he flips them off? <laughs> um, and I'm just like, oh, what an edgelord. Oh, how Virgil of him. Or, sorry, not Virgil. Uh, how Dante of him. Uh, how great. Uh, what was that? Before we get to the, the biggest, obvious... most interesting thing, yeah. Yeah, or the two most interesting things. Uh, is there anything else? No, I think that's it. I think I got what I wanted out of the way. So, as you mentioned before, we have a fleet. 
now. We don't have a... Oh, yeah. Okay, two. Nice. I was like, what's the second? <laughs> yeah, the second thing is what you're thinking of. Uh, the first thing I'm thinking of is the fleet. You mentioned already of... We don't have, like, a permanent fleet. It's not like, you know, like, uh, Don Krieg's Armada, where it's just sailing with them the whole time. They offer that at first, and then Luffy's like, I don't want you cramping my style. I want to be the king of pirates, but I don't want this. And everyone's like, the fuck is he talking about? Too fucking bad. Weird. Yeah, like, sailing under you from now on. <laughs> yeah, so what they instead they agree on, which I actually do prefer, because I didn't want the fleet tailing him the whole time either. The whole time. Well, it's, was... it basically, it is still, like, his crew, but it's kind of turned into like a white beard situation, is what it seems like, right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of white beard calling to his allies and favors in the Grand Line, it's Luffy with his, you know, his fleet. But do your own thing. If we need you guys, you have these Viva cards. I'll make the call out, right? I'll request if I need you guys' help. So, excuse me. So, um, that means when we eventually have, again, we're also treated to a potential huge fight like marine forward if not larger levels because we have this quote during their feast of celebration of their new alliance basically after this moment they grew in power until they eventually caused a great incident of historic proportions kind of underselling it there with the great incident there but for the moment that is a story no one yet knows about so i'm like oh oh motherfucker setting up a, a marine four 2.0 after his yeah. alabasta 2.0 um and because we have this alliance, it's going to be much more personal. It's not going to be Luffy tagging along with Whitebeard pirates. It's going to be Luffy leading the charge in yeah. Whitebeard's spot. Ugh, it gets me hyped just thinking about it. Yeah, I bet it does. So, who is the enemy going to be in this next fight? Is it going to be Aikainu? Is it going to be Blackbeard? Is it going to be them teaming up? Is it going to be against Kaido? I don't fucking know. But the... They're hinting at the great incident. So that tells me it's going to be worldwide. It's not going to be just like, again, like, because Doflamingo is a big deal, but you still feel like, well, it's the underworld. It's not like directly affecting and people we, right we mentioned away. it in like in our Any's Lobby episode. Whenever anything gets titled, it's like a, as an incident, right? It's like a really, really big, bad thing that happened. Yeah, because the last time we got this kind of textual warning, it was during the Ace and Blackbeard fight the first time. Um, now we're getting this panel here of, like, yeah, expect another Marine Ford, baby. And I'm just like, last time was really bad. <laughs> really cool, but really bad. Uh, and of course, oh my god, I forgot I wrote this down. And of course, I wrote down, they unleashed Cthulhu. Of course. Of course I wrote that down. <laughs> the great incident. <laughs> that would be an accident. Um, oh, and we get, uh, we get our little teaser of, speaking of Eni's Lobby, we're taught we see uh some people new people of a uh, cp0 we see familiar faces oh. we see a uh a masked figure wondering why he's not number one on my biggest cunt award list anymore and then we have his new boss originally his subordinate we have spandom and his new boss lucci and they confirm the weapons being stolen by the revolutionary army and i'm just going Fuck, 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 Because <laughs> if Lucci is back, that means he's got some power-ups, too. Like, kind of like Bellamy in his brief fight with Luffy, where he shows up, he's stronger, too. Um, Lucci being back, and I'm just going, oh, okay, then. Spandum's yeah, back, Bellamy too. Bellamy <laughs> is, like, equally as strong in comparison to Luffy as he was, right? 
at the time with hockey as well. He so I mean, if, if you man. say this, yeah, like I'm saying, like in comparison, like he's a, he's about as far behind Luffy as he was before the time skip. In my right, opinion. and then so if, was... if Lucci has come just as far, then he's arguably just as strong as Luffy still, right? Mm-hmm. So that might be another Oro 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 finale we're looking forward to. I wonder how they're going to play that out because the emotional impact with CP9, I guess now CP0, is kind of done because, you know, we had the Eni's Lobby finale with Robin and that personal attachment. I wonder if they're brought back, if they're going to be a part of that great incident and what role they'll play in that and how personal will be there. Um... Also, like, is it really the great incident? Your CP unit getting destroyed by the Straw Hats again? Uh, that no, the Navy wouldn't even bother mentioning that. They'd be brought. That's they'd, how I feel. They brush under the rug. Yeah, I'm just wondering how these two will be involved in some way. Like they could be involved in the great incident, but Oda's planting right that they'll be coming back. They'll be important. You can still you can see the the goatee Luchi still has, and with and his bird, you know, the secret villain behind it all. Um. Also, I had a little before we get to again like the mayor the major finale um they keep referencing the reverie over and over again and i'm starting to think the great incident might actually be that rather than like a a, a literal one-for-one marine ford recreation because maybe it starts off with the reverie going wrong and that explodes into a a big war right or a big fight because in a lot of the pre-chapters we've been getting uh mainly in fishman island and even in punk hazard we saw, like, a couple of people, like, from Drum Island, or maybe from Alabasta. They're getting ready for the Reverie, right? It's always, like, in the subtitles, in the pre-chapters. Yeah. Of, like, they're like, getting the, ready, they're getting ready. It's, like, it, this undercurrent of the Reverie approaching is definitely being, like, pushed into, like, you, it, he doesn't want you to miss it, you know? Definitely. And, and they mention it again. Obvious. Yeah, King Doldo mentions it again. Um, it was mentioned, obviously, as one of the main plot points for Fishman Island. It, it's gotta be here at some point. But... If the Reverie is going to be a big plot point, then that means we're going to see a lot of old characters again, including Vivi. So that'd be very interesting to see. Because we, we only see her in the pre-chapters. We don't, see, we don't see what she's actually like now. She could be very similar or different. Who knows? Uh, we could see... Um, what's the guy's name? The Ox guy from Drum Island. We could see him again. Dalton, right. Because he's yeah. the king now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, the king so of the people. Potentially could be there. We could see uh, the Fishman Island... Uh, hey, we could again. see Wapole again, who's who's the king of evil uh, <laughs> drum kingdom or whatever, or black drum kingdom. I don't want to go to the referee anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker. Don't forget being about there. King or King Wapole. Yeah, of Dark Drum Island or whatever it's called now, motherfucker. Um, but yeah, the Great Incident might involve the referee because they might be kidnapped or killed, causing a big, you know, change in the balance of power, a big declaration of war, if you will. You know what? If Blackbeard is serious about causing his era to begin, he might strike there just to make a, send a message, right? Of like, this is how powerful I am. Let me kill all these leaders at once or capture them. Um, Ooh, just consume Mary Joy and darkness. Just all of it. Yep. And take that treasure that'd be, at the that'd same be time. Metal as shit. And Not take either. that. Tre- that'd be so awesome. <laughs> and whatever that whatever treasure is there that Dolphinigo mentioned, it would be sucked up too. Whatever it is. And then Blackbeard's got all the leaders and the treasure. Um, Okay, so I'm, I've been pussyfooting around. I've been delaying it long enough. Let's get into it. We got bounties updated, right? We got the right. fun bounty And that updates. alone is awesome. And it's very exciting and very interesting. 
but it is. there's an extra layer to this that makes it mm-hmm. extra enticing. Mm-hmm. And that there has been a modification, and not just number, to one of the Star Hats bounty posters, but there has been an addendum into the state of life in which the Straw Hat must be brought in. Mm-hmm. So every single Straw Hat, every single pirate, I think, has always been wanted dead or alive. Here's your bounty, right? Normal shit. For some reason, as pointed out by Barto, Sanji is wanted alive only. And they got an actual mm-hmm. picture of him. And not like a fake drawing of him. Um, and that realized for the first time. Interestingly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that it's, it's interesting that as soon as they have finally procured a real picture of him, he is no longer wanted dead. He mm-hmm. must now be alive. Yep. So, and I realize. Wait, do we actually know Sanji's backstory? We know he was a kid on board, yeah. like in the in the kitchen. He was already with... like seven or eight at that time. Right? Yeah, he was on a boat, right? He was on a ship. with. He, with, he was, he was old chefs. enough to cook. He was a chef already. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's when the ship was raided by Zeph's crew, right? The Zeph pirates. The the Red Leg pirates. Um, I think that's what they're called? Was it Red, Red Legged pirates? Oh, oh yeah, I think, I think so. The Red Legged pirates. So. Um, but we don't know before that, right? We, was he an orphan? Was he just hanging out with that ship and just got kidnapped? And Honestly, just... that, that's kind of a recurring theme with with just the original couple Straw Hats, except for Nami. We pretty much got to see her front to back. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We don't know how Zoro wound up where he was in that dojo. Yeah. He was already so, nine. We Like, you know, we don't know. Luffy was already seven, right? The first time we saw him. We don't know how he mm-hmm. got there. Just all kinds of, you know, stuff like that from the initial. This is interesting. Yeah. So I have a few theories to what this could mean. All of which might be huge in the next or in the near future. I don't know. Um, there is a possibility that Sanji might actually be of noble blood. And we have no idea. Like, because, like you said, they have a picture of him for the first time. Maybe the twirly eyebrows is actually like like a noble trait. Like a facial trait that his family has that makes them identifiable. And they saw that picture and they're like, no, we need him alive. Right, he's noble blood. You can't kill him. He's noble blood. Worse, could he be a celestial dragon? I fucking hope not, dude. <laughs> that would that could be a potentially interesting storyline. Yeah, so I hope not, but I also I hope so. Because I hope not because holy fucking shit, I hate celestial dragons. But I also hope so because boy, that could be some juicy storytelling. Right? That could be some that that could be something there. That could be something there. Um, with how that's presented. Again, I don't know where they're going to go with this, but it's got to be important enough where you end this 101 chapter mega arc and you end it on that cliffhanger of Sanji wanted alive only. Okay, we have another story for this guy. Maybe some extra development going on. I'm fine with that. He hasn't gotten development in a while. Except for like power development, but again, I don't really count that. So that is definitely out for potential. Um, Or maybe... Uh, or even more darker, I don't think this is a possibility, but it could be one. Or worse, maybe he or his family did something to a noble family or celestial dragons, and therefore they want him alive only because they want to torture him themselves. Right, but, like, it's so many possibilities. Someone could have a grudge against him that has, like, a very high power station, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that he is, like you said, a noble or a celestial dragon. It's, yeah. it's just so interesting. Is this also the reason why... 
he also likes to lay low because he just maybe because he's all because we don't know if Sanji has amnesia or he's intentionally trying to hide it. You know, maybe it puts another uh, spin on why he chose the name Mr. Prince for himself as well. Nah, that's true. In, in retrospect, huh? when you talk about him like laying low, being a spy, and literally the name he chose at the first time he was doing that, Mister Prince. Yeah, and now here I was thinking it's just because Prince Charming, and now it's both, right? Where it's like I'm Prince Charming, but the I'm also Tandra. Yeah, exactly. I, but I'm actually actually probably a prince. Who knows? Um, but it's also the reason why he's like always laying low because maybe it's like yeah, less likely of someone recognizing my eyebrows or some shit, right? Recognizing who I look like or who I am. So, really excited for that, um, that possibility, uh, and that's it for the main stuff, right? I think we got that yeah, main stuff. Yeah, I think so too. I, the I last thing I want to say about this arc is uh, the Marto Club's ship is the most fucking hilarious thing I've ever seen. It's if you if there's ever a One Piece Comic Con and that ship's not there parked somewhere, that's a <laughs> shitty Comic Con. I'm just saying right, right now, or an expo. Yeah, the going um, Luffy Senpai, as the ship is named. Oh, beautiful, beautiful work of craftsmanship. Speaking of Barto, I got myself another crazy ass fucking uh, connections oh, board here. Right, right, right. It's not even a. It's not <laughs> even a theory. It's just a stupid ass epiphany I had. Justin was a victim a couple of days ago when I realized this, and now you all will suffer with with him. So. Bartolomeo was named after Bartholomew Roberts, right? Famous, a Welsh pirate. Uh, he was considered one of the most efficient pirates of all time. He is uh, probably more well-known as the person who invented a version of the pirate code that, that was mentioned a couple times in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, they even mentioned his name a few times. Um, how many articles are in that pirate code, the real one, Justin? Do you know how many articles? There is 11 articles which might be confirmation that there will be 11 straw hats it would be luffy and 10 crew members maybe i'm bullshitting maybe i'm not either way that was a great find by me you're welcome then so my question is are you saying that barto is the 11th straw hat because (laughs) theoretically jinbei is the 10th if you're not counting luffy right yeah jinbei is the 10th and if you are counting luffy then that's already 11. No, because Barto to me is not going to be a part of the crew. He'll be an ally like the other gladiators, like the other captains uh, that we got in the fleet. Uh, I'm, I'm Wait, no. Jinbei, Jinbei is 10 counting Luffy, huh? Yeah, I that's guess, what I'm, I'm saying. You're right. So yeah, there's, still, there's still be room for one either way. Or maybe yeah, two if you room count for one more. Luffy. Room for one more still. So okay, yeah, a, I like it. A, a, yeah, 11 articles in the real uh, Bar- Bar- uh, Bartholomew's um, pirate code. I was thinking maybe each of the codes maybe has some kind of direct reference to each of the Straw Hats. That's a, that was a bit too far. They were kind of you know more regular pirate stuff. Um, but the craziness doesn't stop there. Uh, the pirate himself was likely named after another biblical reference here. Likely named after one of the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. Right? Bartholomew. Uh, hence why this guy is very zealous in his devotion to the Straw Hats. Why he... Why, if you talk any kind of shit towards any of his straw hats, he will bark you down and strike you down going, how dare you? That's the guy you're speaking to over there. Um, And I hate to say it doesn't end there. Okay, it doesn't end there. I'm almost done, Justin. I'm sorry. I have to get this out of my head. So, 
out of curiosity, because like I said, I went through the the codes to see if there's anything referencing there. But then I was curious, why is he designed like a troll though? Why why a troll? Is it like his random like Magellan, the impel down officer? It might be that. I'll just use five minutes. In 30 seconds, I found something. I clicked through Wikipedia, just out of curiosity. I went to anti-Welsh uh-huh. sentimentality, right? A horrible way because you're looking at quotes from very racist people. I won't say the whole quote, but there is a quote at the very top of that paragraph on anti-Welsh sentiments from Englishmen. Jacob from was a... put on a list for this, so be thankful. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say the whole quote because these are not my words. Um, I'm not going to say the whole quote, sorry. Um, but... The final word that the guy said when he was referring to Welsh people and how much he disliked them, he used the word trolls. And I'm going, holy shit. (laughs) I I cannot deny that it's a pretty good argument for why, like, uh, for just the whole character, right? Like, that's the influence for Barto. Why he looks like a troll from World of Warcraft. He's got the ring. Yeah, so I'm gonna, at at potential detriment to myself, I'm gonna ask... (laughs) Why you have? I don't think you've yet to mention anything about the Battle of Trafalgar uh, in well, relation a, to law. Yeah, I haven't done research on that. Which was, <laughs> yeah, it's like literally a naval battle. And as our our history buff, I I was kind of assuming yeah. and almost uh, hoping that you were gonna know something about it that I didn't that related to One Piece. I'll admit, honestly, it's like one of those things where I thought it was just so obvious on the surface. It was just a reference, so I didn't deep dive. For some reason, though, with Barto, I was curious because i recently binged pirates of the caribbean recently i i get the feeling that the the pirates named after the real world pirates there's there's something a little more to those characters that's what i'm wondering too but again we have magellan the impel down warden that ended up just being a warden right and i'm just like so "Eh." far so far right so he could be important in the future but either way i just went through this crazy rabbit hole of like coincidences because i even wrote down what does this mean Probably absolutely nothing. I just thought it was crazy that I found all these connections to each other that actually make sense. And I, and I realized, oh my god, I might be a hardcore One Piece fanboy by now. Oh my god. Because <laughs> <laughs> here I am going through all this extra effort of bullshit. <laughs> One of us. Yeah, exactly. Um, is it unfair to do our rankings again for the Straw Hats at this point? Because I still feel like we haven't really had each of their moments yet. <sighs> I know, and half of them were gone, like, not even yeah. in this arc, so it feels like it's kind of a given that the six that were here, like, get the top spots, right? Yeah, exactly. Because like, they I, all had really strong showings here. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I'm looking at my rankings list. If I were to say the whole list out loud, uh, Nami is not in the top half for the first time ever. Because, yeah, she hasn't done much in the New World yet, and especially in this whole arc, she's been gone, doing stuff. So, Yeah. I guess of the five who are here, maybe? I said six. Yeah, I think it's five. Yeah, five. So of the five that are here, uh, Zoro at the bottom, then Frankie, then Robin, Luffy, Usopp. Got Usopp. Come on. Wait. Usopp top. Are you going bottom to top? Okay. Yeah, bottom to top. Bottom to top. Okay, yeah, bottom okay. to top. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Zoro by default makes it to the top five, but not because of breakaway reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Just for, yeah, for, for this arc and who all is here, so. Yeah, um, but yeah, honestly, my top three, Usopp, Luffy, Robin, was actually really close to what I had originally. It's my top list of all time. So that part's still relatively the same. The only big change was Nami dropping because, again, she hasn't really been able to do much in this uh, new world yet. That could easily change the next arc, though, because we're probably going to focus on those pirates. 
So I'll be curious what that goes on. And if people wanted to shit talk your <laughs> semi straw hat list, where could they do so? Uh, if you want to tell me how shitty my straw hat list, you can find me at Twitter uh, at Jacob Miranda. That is J A C O B M E R E N D A, all lowercase, all one word. Uh, as I as the days pass on, I will uh, periodically at least one image a day or one post a day try and share like what thoughts I had or have going through the new arc I'm reading or the one we're trying to go through. Um, I love the reception you guys are sharing me also right now where people are just reacting to like when I asked out loud of like, did anyone expect this arc to last 40 more chapters after this moment with Dolomigo? And someone's like, right, column A, column B. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. And I'm just like, at the same time, it's fucking it's All right. Actually, I'm going to say five seconds real quick. I also didn't like that ending, how Luffy, I don't like when people like lose access to their, to their powers. You know what I mean? I thought that was weird. Oh, when he collapsed? Yeah. Then oh. like it, then it goes on for like another like twenty chapters after that. I was like, eh, well, unnecessary, but whatever. Yeah, that you could say in real life. That's probably someone's arguing that. Honestly, you could probably pad it out a bit longer for extra money. Right. Everyone likes still flamingo right now. That's that not like a be... hard detraction. I was just like, you know, like was it really necessary? And is he yeah, ever gonna that... run out of hockey again? We'll see. Yeah, and, that, you know? and that's why <laughs> we'll I was, see. and that's why I was asking that question on Twitter. Yeah, because I'm just like, honestly, at this point when this happened, I'm like, there's forty more chapters after this. It feels like it's near the end. What the hell? <laughs> but yeah, so either way, uh, if people had questions that may or may not be spoiler related, or if they want access to just, you know, some yeah, or if you love the birdcage and you really want to pick a bone with me, you can find <laughs> me also on Twitter or YouTube at Jitsu, J I T S Z U, and hit me up about anything One Piece related and just, you know, manga in general. I do love reading manga. Oh, thank you to God. Hang on, I don't. I don't have the username. Um, I want to thank someone who recommended uh Justin to share with me the the clip of the tag team combo with Luffy and Law the first time they had a uh, attack Doflamingo in trouble. Um, I want to thank God damn it, I don't have their name. His name is at Bear with two R's GM. Oh, you did my job for me, thank Bear you. GM. Thank you That's very the much for the recommendation. Told you. Yeah, yeah. I told you to watch it. And he was right. Yeah. That clip's awesome. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, there are moments where after an arc finishes, uh, Justin does share with me uh, GIFs or, you know, actual clips from the anime if we're talking about it a lot. But yeah, if you guys have extra clips that you wanted me to check out, because yeah, I don't watch the anime, but, you know, to check this shit out, uh, message him as well to make sure, or myself, to make sure, you know, there's no accidental, like, anime-exclusive scenes that ac- accidentally spoil the future or something. Actually, that might not be possible, huh? Because uh, One Piece is weekly, huh? Yeah. So they, they're always caught up most of the time. Never mind then. Um, it's it's a way. little behind, but it's not too, too far. Yeah, yeah. You want to find that sweet spot. There, it's like that scene from that one anime. Um, there have been instances of the anime openings spoiling like even manga readers, though, which is a problem. Actually, that reminds me of the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood opening. Like, I think there's like the second one that spoils like one of the characters being like the main bad guy, and it's like I, I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> well, I I had my suspicions, but now I know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I get that feeling. Um, yeah. So I think that wraps it up. I can't yeah. fucking wait to read on. What are we reading next? We are reading Zoe, which oh. covers chapters 802 to 824. Just. 23 oh. chapters for this next okay. arc, mm, okay. which, and it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a real fun episode, good discussion. Those of you who know should know that it'll be an interesting one. 
I don't like this. And, and those of you who don't should have a great time reading it if anyone is actually reading along. I don't like this. Someone help me. <laughs> See you next week, y'all. Bye-bye. <laughs>